You know, I think it's more this year than other years, but I just keep seeing it. Chicago Bears sitting down in press conferences talking about, I hate Green Bay. Yeah, I'd be a every year. I hate Green Bay. The fans stupid. And then the response from Green Bay is like, okay, try winning sometime. Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews, where I'm your host, John Delray. Today, we are going over the five things that, yeah, it's the beginning of the season. You're supposed to be hyped, supposed to be ready. Hope springs eternal before week one. But at the same time, today, let's just be a little real. You know, let's let's acknowledge those things on the roster that are still a little questionable. Because as much as the Packers did reform much of this roster, get substantially younger, there are still areas that uh, that are a little worrisome about their chances. After all, no one's sitting around saying that the Green Bay Packers are bona fide Super Bowl contenders, right? So that means that they've got some issues, or maybe just some inexperience. So today are the top five things that come to my mind when I'm thinking through what are my concerns for this year? What haven't they fixed? What hasn't looked great? Etc. And then tomorrow is going to be the total flip. You think I'm doom and gloom today? Come back tomorrow. I'll be all rainbows and sunshine and, and joy and optimism. So come on back tomorrow for that. But today, let's dive in. The top five concerns that I have for the 2023 Green Bay Packers. And there's really no other place to start with number one. But let's just go there. Jordan Love. More specifically, his balls, his deep balls, if you will. The truth is, when it comes to the totality of Jordan Love's play, we don't entirely know what we're going to get. Of course, by this point, we have a pretty good idea. Thus far in preseason, his footwork has looked outstanding. Decision-making has been very, very good by basically every national film breakdown person there is. But there's still something in his game that's a little bit worrisome. We saw it in preseason. We saw it last year. It's been a theme. We saw it in college, even. And it's when he goes deep. Now, Jordan Love absolutely has the arm strength to go deep. What seems to be the issue would be the accuracy, timing, touch-style pass versus like a bullet-style pass. It just is an area of his game that there are a lot of question marks. So... Uh, we even saw it in preseason. Think of the throws to Christian Watson deep down the left sideline. I think it was in the Seattle game where then Watson had to turn and completely face his body towards Love and then it was off. The whole thing was just a mess, right? And then we learned after the fact that Love didn't exactly help Watson. Watson didn't exactly help Love. And I expect some of that this year. He's got the arm, but he doesn't necessarily have the accuracy. And this isn't a new problem. Back in college, over his last two years in college, he had about a 33% hit rate on throws 20 yards down the field. So this isn't a new thing, but it is something that has to get ironed out. And I don't know if it's one of those things that he's just in his own head, because at times the throw has been on the money, but it's lofted too much. Or at other times, it's just the receiver was expecting it to go in, love went out. Now that could have been a receiver problem, we don't know. 
But what we do know is that thus far, Jordan Love has not connected on enough of these deep throws. And if you're wondering, well, Aaron Rodgers didn't last year either. Yeah, and the Packers didn't make the playoffs. See, so hmm, we're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to be talking about that as well. So that is concern number one. Is the deep ball this, like, you need it in Matt LaFleur's offense? You can survive without it, but it's survive, not thrive. And I think the Green Bay Packers do need to develop some kind of chemistry on these deep passes, especially because we understand Jordan Love at this point is going to be a lot of work the middle of the field, a lot of intermediate throws, even a lot of checkdowns when appropriate. And the Packers are going to be a run-heavy team. Doesn't mean necessarily run-focused. I'm not saying the majority of plays are going to be run, but they are going to be a run-heavy team. And what helps open all of that stuff up? The occasional threat of a deep ball. So it is something that has to get ironed out. Now, looking at number two, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball, the run defense. Still a large question for me. Last year, they were bad, like bad, bad. And I know there's lots of content out there about how bad the Packers run defense was. But the thing is, I'm not sure any of them actually go far enough to say just how bad the Packers run defense was last year. They gave up 139.5 yards on the ground per game last year. It was 26th in the NFL. They were 31st in EPA per rush and rush rate success. So basically what that means is on any given play, how the play starts, you expect the run play to garner X number of yards for the offense. Being 31st in the league defensively means that you gave up more yards than is to be expected. And that could be because a guy didn't get to his spot, a guy missed a tackle, etc., etc. Anything that allows the play to go further than realistically it should have. So the Packers ranked 31st there. And considering that the Packers per PFF ranked 14th in tackling in the NFL last year, which frankly, I thought was, I was higher than I was expecting, but they were 14th in tackling. This wasn't just a missed tackle problem. This was a problem of scheme, player, and tackle. It was kind of everything. And the thing is, looking ahead to 2023, I'm not sure what they've done thus far to fix it. Yes, Lowry, gone. Reed, gone. Neither one of them were incredible run defenders. But you're bringing in two rookies to replace them instead, and Kobe Wooden and Carl Brooks. Brooks has looked fantastic against the run to this point. Wooden, a little bit more of a pass rusher, I would say, in his overall repertoire right now. But you're taking out two vets, putting in two rookies. Okay, so let's say that those are a marginal improvement in run defense, just by nature of upgrading personnel. The other thing that the Packers seem to be doing, as Kenny Clark alluded to last week, was they got a whole new plan now, man. You know, Kenny Clark's going to be on the end. TJ Slayton, a nose tackle. I do think that will help. I do. But beyond that, they've got a new plan. And it's going to be attacking the gaps more. Just overall, being more aggressive. And perhaps, as Wendell Ferreira wrote in an article just this last week, I think it was for Cheesehead TV, he talked about uh, Joe Barry potentially getting more back to his roots departing a little away from the Vic Fangio system and going back more to where he was comfortable, which is a lot more just straight shoot the gaps and run defense. So, ultimately, I'm not sure, one, why the Packers are so bad at run defense, but two, I'm also not sure that they've done anything to fix how bad they were. 
by the way, one tidbit, this isn't defensive line related, still run defense related, but Adrian Amos over the last four years was one of the best tackling safeties in the league. Not so much last year. He had a rapid departure in that department last year, but he was, before that, one of the best tackling safeties in the league. And now he's being replaced by Ford and Owens. Owens is a good tackler, was top 15 according to PFF last year. And Ford, he's a sound tackler, I'll give him that. But again, it's just another spot on the roster, looking over the defensive depth chart, that I'm just looking at it and going, where did they get better? Or are they just going to rely on scheme tweaks to suddenly become a run-stopping team? Let's take a look at the offensive side again. And basically, here, straight up, day young. Day very young. In fact, they're the second youngest team since 1990 in terms of overall offensive age. The only team younger than them, 2016 Cleveland Browns, who happened to go... Oh, and 16? It's not exactly great, okay? And while Love may be a great match for all the youth around him, I do believe long-term it's better that Love and all these youngsters come up together. I think that that's the appropriate action when roster building. I really like that approach. But they're all young together. And the quarterback-to-wide receiver conversations are very, very nuanced and detailed conversations. When you're talking about having to read each other's eyes, and you're talking about breaks being as specific as you better cut over at six yards, not seven. That's really nuanced stuff and very difficult stuff to grasp. That's why rookies always struggle in the league. And now you just have a whole bunch of young all together. So... Pair that with the fact that the Green Bay Packers have a number of wide receivers who just drop the ball. It's a thing. Green Bay and Brian Goodkunst don't seem to mind drafting receivers that get labeled as droppers in college. And now we have a bunch of them up and down the depth chart. Last year, Aaron Rodgers was 6 of 40 on throws over 30 yards. 6 of 40! He was bottom three in the NFL in basically every metric because of that. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. It was brutal. And an area that Aaron Rodgers generally didn't struggle in. Now, okay, broken thumb. Yes, and I've been critical of Rodgers. He was not the same guy last year. Yeah, lots of stuff going on. Got it. But the wide receivers did play a part. It's not just on him that the Packers' ability to go deep suffered that much last year. Some of it had to do with the wide receivers. And if we want Jordan to surpass what Aaron Rodgers did last year, this is one of the areas that he easily can do so. But he must be on the same page as these young wide receivers. Again, the Packers cannot be one of the top five teams in the league, as they have been the last few years, in losing the most passing yards to drops. It's such such a thing for them. It reared its ugly head again last year. If you want Jordan Love to surpass Aaron Rodgers, get better on the deep ball and have your wide receivers stop dropping stuff. All of it together. It's just possibly a young offense. An offense at times that's going to do very, very well and at times is really, really going to struggle because they got to learn the game together. Fortunately, in my opinion, long-term means that they'll learn it as one cohesive unit. But in the immediacy, we may have some up and downs. Next, Joe Barry, Joey Badass, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Look, man, I love you. I love it. I love the fact that when you were first hired, you tackled yourself in a defensive room. I love the energy that you brought when you were initially hired to the defensive side of the ball. 
we got to change some things, Joe. The defense continue, cannot continue being a problem. You now have a baby offense. They're so young. They're so little. It's now time for the defense to take control of the team. Be the side of the ball that everyone actually has some fear of. It cannot continue to be the problem. I can't personally continue to be upset when it's third and two and you put all of the DBs eight yards off. I can't do it. I'm not small. It's going to hurt eventually. Okay? So you can't keep doing that, Joe. And I cannot... I cannot fathom a defense that continues to allow itself to bend and break. It's supposed to be bend, not break. And sometimes, sometimes you don't break, but sometimes bend and then you break. And you know what? It's just, it's just the overall mentality, right? How many of us, when we watch a game, we see the offense or like the Packers are on defense, but then we see the offense come up and the offense comes up and it's like third and four. And you're like, come on, come on, come on. And then the snap happens, and the very first thought in your head is, we'll get him the next set of downs. <laughs> right? When the default in your head is like, well, they're going to get it. Fine, we'll just hope for an interception 30 yards from now. That's what we do. It's not okay. Look, your defense has on it Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, Jair Alexander. Not to mention, diamond in the rough find, Razul Douglas. Or how about first round picks even, Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn, Mudd, mm, Gary, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage. This defense is loaded with athleticism and potential. And that's why I take issue with bend but don't break. When you go watch other teams, go go watch the San Francisco 49ers. Do you think their defense has the mentality of, we're going to let them get this one? And we're just going to not let them score a touchdown? No. No. Or the the Baltimore Ravens back in the day. Right? I know I'm talking about one of the greatest defenses of all time, but like, come on. Look up to your idols. But they had the mentality of, we control the game. We don't want you to pass. So every time you dare attempt to pass, we are going to flatten your quarterback into the ground. We don't want you to run. So we're going to swarm the ever-loving goodness out of whoever has the ball. And then you're going to get the message real quick that you're not going to run. Then you're going to try to pass. We're going to smell you there. And you're screwed. Because we're bigger. We're faster. We're stronger. And you know what? We're smarter than you too. There's no reason why the Green Bay Packers, with all the investment on the defensive side of the ball shouldn't and can't have that kind of mentality dictate what happens on the field do not be a victim to what the offense wants to do don't even be in a chess game with them oh they're doing this we're going to respond this way when you're responding you're second dictate and make the moves first and then see what the offense does Because with this level of ability that this defense has, the pass rushers that they have, the coverage that they have at corner, even without Stokes being back yet, is good enough for this defense to walk up to the line and say, this is our game. Offense, we got you. There's no reason for it. And Joe Barry, you need that mentality this year. 
or it's probably time to move on. Last concern, also on the defensive side of the ball. Not nearly as impassioned, more factual. But look, Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are one of the worst safety duos in the NFL last year per PFF. Real bad. Really bad. Like, easily one of the worst. And so the Packers, seeing that deficiency, and I understand, I know, they didn't have all the money in the world to go get a different safety. The, a lot of the safeties in the draft didn't match what the Packers need defensively anyway. So it, it made sense to try the quantity aspect, punt on it, and basically rebuild the position next year. I get all that, okay? But still, just saying facts, Amos and Savage was one of the worst duos in the league last year per PFF, and now you, you got Darnell Savage coming back and Rudy Ford with Jonathan Owens with Anthony Johnson Jr. Like, it's just, it's it's a collective at this point. And I think it might work, to be totally honest, if they do their matchmaking well and stuff like that. But, like, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's certainly not as easy as just, like, Here's our two starting safeties. Go do your job. And the thing that that gets me about Darnell Savage, and I do believe in the potential of Darnell Savage, but here you have a guy who's got a very interesting trajectory in the recent portion of his career. Last year, he was essentially benched, right? Like, we all remember that. They, safety wasn't going well. Rudy Ford started playing more. So then they put Savage at the slot. And just tried to find ways to get Savage on the field, right? And once he was put at the sa- slot, he, like, kind of stabilized his play a bit, but still wasn't amazing. And then we get into the offseason, a few guys leave, and then Darnell Savage became a safety again. And not only did he become a safety, he became safety one. And not only was it just safety one, it was the only safety on the roster who isn't questioned in some way, shape, or form. Right? Like, I think, according to PFF, Rudy Ford outplayed Darnell Savage last year by a mile. And yet, all camp long, Rudy Ford has been involved in a, in a battle for a starting safety job. Yet, Darnell Savage, no questions about his job. He's been starter all the way through. He's going to be a starter. He was a starter all offseason long. And this is coming off of a year when he was benched. Uh, benching to promotion. That's a nice way to go in life. Now, with his job this year, it's like... They did simplify some things, made it closer to his role earlier in his career when he found some success and really was a playmaker. And he has been looking better by all accounts. I mean, Matt LaFleur has talked about the improvements and consistency that they've seen from Darnell Savage, but still, does that that the whole just trajectory seem kind of confusing? And now their plan is to march him out with Rudy Ford or Jonathan Owens or Anthony Johnson Jr. or, or Dallin Levitt or Dallin Levitt junior who they just acquired in zane anderson so it's just it's very i understand what they're trying to do but and i don't necessarily disagree with what they're trying to do either given the circumstances but if we're talking about where are the good parts of the football team versus where are the bad parts of the football team safety could be a spot that is mighty concerning luckily for the packers Safety is not necessarily a make-or-break position in the NFL. You can have deficient safeties and still be a mighty successful team. Maybe that's what the backers are gunning for this year. Who are we to say? But the truth is, that makes five things on this roster that I'm pretty concerned about. Does it mean that it's going to go bad? No. Not at all. Does it mean that the season is lost? 
No, not at all. But what it does mean is from the outset, looking at 2023, looking forward to this coming weekend and beyond, what are the areas of the team that may very well struggle? Or what are the areas of the team that need to be identified as struggled and get them fixed now? So, like I said, join me tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be happy. Happy. Tomorrow we're going to be happy. We're going to talk over reasons to be optimistic about this 2023 Green Bay Packer team. Hey, don't forget, y'all. Like two months ago. I think that's well, two, three months ago. I don't know. feels like forever ago. I put out a big, long video detailing every single game of the season, talking about whether they would win, whether they would lose. Ah, the Packers are going to go to the playoffs. I do. I really do. So, whew, this is going to be a fun ride. I'm excited that you're here with me for it. Thanks for checking out Lombardi Time Bruce today. I hope you have a great night tonight. I will see you tomorrow. And as always, Go Pack Go! We'll